Presented by Meta. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Manavala, and it's Tuesday. Today's show, a big day for Republican leadership. It's our Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Before we get into it, a quick house update. As Politico's Zach Montalero and David Cohen write in today's playbook, Democrats' slim hopes to retain the House majority were just about extinguished Monday, after three late-night AP calls put Republicans one seat away from securing a House majority. Worth noting, Republican candidates lead in four more races. Kevin Kiley in the California 3rd, Representative David Valadeo in the California 22nd, Representative Mike Garcia in the California 27th, and Representative Lauren Boebert in the Colorado 8th. As the Republican Party wrestles with whether it should stick with its three current leaders, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell, today is crucial, especially for the first two. McCarthy faces a vote of House Republicans on whether he'll be their nominee for Speaker in January. He should easily pass that test, but the margin will tell us how much trouble he's in. That gives the California Republican a few short weeks to muster the 218 votes to clinch the gavel. And while the math is tough, he's already seeing a few positive signs. One, the closed-door candidate form yesterday didn't have too many fireworks, a surprise given all the tough talk from McCarthy's critics. Two, the House Freedom Caucus is already fracturing. Yesterday, none other than Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene argued on Steve Bannon's podcast that the group's attempt to leverage their votes for rules changes was what she calls a bad strategy that would backfire on the GOP and that they should unite behind McCarthy. Three, to her point, moderate GOP Representative Don Bacon told NBC's Scott Wong and Kyle Stewart that if the conference doesn't unite behind a candidate, he'll work with the Dems to elect a moderate GOP lawmaker to lead. Bacon told them, I will support Kevin McCarthy, but if we do get to that point, I do want the country to work and we need to govern. We can't sit neutral. We can't have total gridlock for two years. Still, the expected slim GOP margin makes it tough for McCarthy, particularly given that members like Representative Matt Gates are vowing never to vote for him no matter what he does. Gates said on The Charlie Kirk Show, I'm not voting for him tomorrow. I'm not voting for him on the floor. And I'm certain that there is a critical mass of people who hold my precise view. One thing to watch, the Wall Street Journal scooped yesterday that McCarthy allies had reached out to Representative Henry Cuellar, the Democratic representative from Texas, to see if he might back the GOP leader for speaker and switch parties to pad his majority. But turning the Democrats for votes would blow back on McCarthy by infuriating the right, and the GOP leader committed yesterday that he would not rely on the left to secure his 218 votes. Tonight at 9 p.m., former President Donald Trump is scheduled to announce his third campaign for president. The best way to understand the context of this announcement is to take a spin through the last 24 hours of Trump news. You can catch the full rundown in today's Playbook newsletter, but the big takeaway is that the movement on the right to abandon Trump is the strongest it's been since the days after January 6th. But then again, it wasn't very strong back then. Trump News Section 1, the governing dramas of the last Trump administration were suddenly back in the headlines. Former Trump Chief of Staff John Kelly told Mike Schmidt from the New York Times that while president, Trump wanted a number of his perceived political enemies to be investigated by the Internal Revenue Service, including FBI Director James Comey and Deputy Andrew McCabe. House Oversight Chair Carolyn Maloney released new documents showing Six Nations spent $750,000 at the Trump Hotel. She states in the report, these documents sharply call into question the extent to which President Trump was guided by his personal financial interest while in office rather than the best interests of the American people. 
Eric Lipton, Maggie Haberman, and Ben Protest from the New York Times put Trump's foreign business entanglements front and center once again. The trio write, the Trump family has struck a deal with a Saudi-based real estate company to license its name to a housing and golf complex that will be built in Oman renewing a swirl of questions about Trump's mixing of politics and business, just as he appears poised to announce a third presidential candidacy. Trump news section number two, fellow Republicans on and off Capitol Hill reacted to Trump's forthcoming run with a mix of silence, trepidation, and revulsion. Asked whether she would endorse Trump, Senator Cynthia Loomis from Wyoming told reporters, I don't think that's the right question. I think the question is, who is the current leader of the Republican Party? Her answer? Ron DeSantis. Pillars of the GOP establishment felt newly empowered to air their reservations about another Trump candidacy, with Senator Mitt Romney comparing Trump to a past his prime pitching ace. Romney said, He's been on the mound and lost three straight games. If we want to start winning, we need someone else on the mound. Play more where that came from? Check it out in today's playbook. Politico.com slash playbook. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. Earlier today, President Joe Biden arrived at the G20 summit, greeted Indonesian President Joko Widodo, attended multiple working sessions and a social luncheon, co-hosted an event with Widodo, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen met with Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney and will attend the G20 gala dinner at 6.30 a.m. Vice President Kamala Harris has nothing on her public schedule. The House will meet at 10 a.m. The Senate will meet at 11 a.m. to resume consideration of several judicial nominations. The Senate Agriculture Committee will hold a hearing on the Farm Bill at 10 a.m. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Some people say the metaverse will only be virtual. One day, surgeons will get countless hours of additional hands-on practice in the metaverse before operating on patients. The metaverse will help make education more interactive, allowing students to travel to space, to learn about the rings of Saturn up close, or to ancient Rome to watch Mark Antony debate in 32 BC. In the future, farmers will use augmented reality to help run irrigation simulations to ensure the best yields, and urban planners will model traffic solutions to help decrease commute times, paving the way for less congested cities. The metaverse may be virtual, but the impact will be real. Learn more about what Meta is building for the metaverse at meta.com slash metaverse impact.